No one likes to feel stuck, especially by your cloud. But the IBM cloud is the most open and secure public cloud for business. It can manage all your apps and data anywhere. Smart loves problems. IBM, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash flexible. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schaap. It's been a tumultuous year in thoroughbred racing. And to tell us what has been going on, not only in the Triple Crown season, but also most notably at Santa Anita Park, where there have been nearly 30 horse deaths since the beginning of the meeting in December, we welcome the one and only Joe Drape of the New York Times, who's been following everything in horse racing now for for many decades and has been um, and has been on the Santa Anita story in particular uh, recently. Joe, thanks for being with us. Um, What's going on at Santa Anita? Does does anybody know what is causing all of these deaths? Well, Jeremy, there's several factors going on here. And, uh, you know, put them all together, there's a bit of a perfect storm. What started in January and February was the worst rain, the unseasonably cold out in Southern California. That's when these fatalities started mounting. But then since then, it's just sort of been a comedy of errors. And that comedy is probably a tragedy of errors right here. Uh, they shut the track down a couple times, came back. Again, these things happen. I said, you know, what I think has happened here is the weather started it. The fact that they have inexpensive horses there at a racetrack that uh, Tim Ritvo, the head of that Santa Anita, was sent out there to make it more profitable. I think he had some strong arm management tactics going on to get horses out there running when they should have not probably been in the barn. And then, you know, the ongoing story that you and I have talked to over the decades is the drug culture. And, you know, the drug culture is two, two factors. One is, you know, the minority, but a significant minority who use everything from Viagra to human growth hormone to get an edge to win a race to the second over-medication, which almost everybody is guilty of. And it's the equivalent of the linebacker shooting his knee with a quarter-zone shot to play the game. Uh, This goes on. There's less horses. You know, when I started this, Jeremy, there were 35,000 foals born a year. Now there's 19,000. There's more racing, more everyday racing. Well, why is that? Why? I mean, I, I, I've been reading your reporting, Joe. We're speaking with Joe Drape of the New York Times about the crisis. And I think that's the right word that's going on right now in this country in thoroughbred racing. Why are we going from 35,000 to 19,000 foals? Well, part of it is interest. Part of it is market demand. Uh, you know, they're not selling for four million in the sales ring anymore when the, which was the case from the go-go eighties to the mid aughts. Uh, you know, the recession cooled that market a little bit. And then there's serious questions about what we've done to the breed over the generations. Uh, we breed for speed on the dirt. And that is not what the rest of the world values. Every other jurisdiction pretty much is predominantly grass racing on the turf. So, you know, it, what, what has happened is we've kind of become uh, victims of our own success. And that has dwindled not only the full crop, the interest, uh, you know, handles down. You, you know, 10 years ago, $16 billion was spent a year. Now we're down to 11 
And, you know, this has all become sort of a fight for survival. And part of it just lays on the industry. They've known this was going on for 50 years at least, Jeremy. I'm looking at congressional testimony from the Soviet and Asians that lay out these same concerns. I've been to three on my own. And, you know, they need to address this, and they haven't. And they got bad luck. I mean, horses die. I mean, you're, you're... Listeners should know, yes, 29 at Santa Anita, but conservative estimates is 500 a year. And when we did our series in 2012, we found 2,500. 500 a year around the country, you're saying? Around the country. And, you know, that's not including training accidents and, and fatalities. So, you know, the thing that's maddening about this for anybody who knows and cares about the sport is this crisis could be ended within a week if America would adopt the international standards that the rest of the world has adopted. Basically, their death rate is two and a half to five times less than ours. And that's because there's no race day drugs. There is checks on what kind of painkillers can be administered and when. Uh, There's just more sense of the horse as an athlete, not as a commodity. And, you know, wrap your mind around this, Jeremy. Last year in Japan, 41 horses died. That's the whole country. That's over months of race dates. And we've got 30 in Santa Anita. So, you know, there is a solution out there. They've kicked it down the road for 40, 50 years. And now they literally have a gun to their head for their survival. I mean, people do know out there that all it takes is 600,000 signatures on a petition and you can get a ballot initiative that will very simply ask, should horse racing exist? And out there right now, the public sentiment is no, it should not exist. Speaking with Joe Drape, the New York Times and, and Joe, you know, um, myself as someone who only very occasionally kind of, you know, dips his toe into the world of horse racing coverage. You know, one thing you're always told though is how much the people in the sport love these animals, how much they respect them. Um, so, so there's a disconnect there. You know, in a sport in which, um, in which they worship these thoroughbreds, or, or that's what we've always been told. Why are they allowing them uh, to be destroyed this way, to die this way? When you're saying simple changes could save their lives. Well, the sport of kings was called the sport of kings because. It was the pastime of the very rich and the royals. Uh, They weren't doing this for a business. They were doing it for sport. Now it's a business. And yes, they love their animals. But at the same time, NFL owners may love their players and their teams, but they make sure those guys suit up and give them every, you know, medical advantage edge that you could do. It's a business, Jeremy, pure and simple. And they can say they love them and I Doubt, don't doubt many of them do, but I've seen too many necropsies and transcripts of hearings that say they knew a horse was hurt. They put him out there anyway, and he had a pre-existing injury. Uh, you know, they need to make money. To, and this is not just the trainers and the horsemen. It goes up and down the chain. The track wants to have full fields and have more bets on these full fields. The state wants their tax revenues, so they they benefit if there's full fields and more money bet. 
you know, what's happened now is you've got 38 different jurisdictions and everybody's going their own way. And so the system is ripe for abuse and it has been abused. You know, you know, Joe, um, over the last four years, we've had two triple crown champions. We hadn't seen that, you know, a champion since since uh, affirmed in 1978, everybody said, you know, if we just get a triple crown champion, you know, the sport will be back up uh, and running the way it once was. And that's not what has happened. It's not as what has happened. And that was a very myopic view of the world here. I mean, especially, you know, it was nice when American Pharaoh won in 2015 because it had been 29 years. And, you know, that had some specialty in pop. And that really unified the casual fans because they hadn't seen this. Many of them weren't alive when that happened. But, you know, that does not uh, divert from the fundamental problem. And the fundamental problem is there's too few horses and too much racing. Jeremy, I'm sitting in New York right now. I can go to nine tracks within 200 miles right now and see races. That just, you know, that doesn't work. There's not enough horses to go around, and so there's not many healthy horses out there. I mean, uh, what would save the sport is the less is more model. Run less, turn them out and rest for a couple months, like they used to do in the 50s, 60s, and the 70s when they started a bunch, but they also got time off, uh, you know, run high-end meets, Saratoga, Del Mar, Keeneland, you know, even Churchill weekend. You know, you don't need these racetracks tucked in the back of casinos like you see at Penn National where you get your program from a machine and you and maybe the jockey's families are out there betting as far as, I guess, you know, event goes and then people betting over the their their tv basically but you know that's doing nobody any good it's like giving yourself cancer at this point so until there really is some fortitude and some will to change this it's just going to slowly and continuously circle on its way down to non non-existence go drape on the sad state of affairs and the tragic state of affairs right now horse racing in the united states no one covers the sport uh, more intelligently than Joe Drape. Uh, Joe, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us again here on The Sporting Life. Jeremy, thanks for having me. I'm Jeremy Schapp, and you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.